Now today's message is called staying on the path of purity. Staying on the path of purity. And um, it's it's more about staying on the path of holiness because purity is is holiness. When I say purity, I don't want it to just mean to you abstaining from sexual immorality. And you know, there's so many scriptures that tell us to do that. First Peter 1 14 to 16, 1 John 2 15 to 17, 2 Peter 2 17 to 19, 1 Thessalonians um, 4 3. There's so many scriptures that say to us, be holy, abstain from, sexu- um, from sexual immorality, um, do not be enslaved to anything, do not love the world, renew your mind. Do not love the things and the systems of the world. The world is fading away. There's so many scriptures that say all these things to us. And perhaps you, maybe you're like me, but maybe you're not. But perhaps someone out there has just, you know, wondered, how does one stay holy in a world that's moving in the opposite direction? It's not like our world is getting easier or holier every day. It's not like our world is like, oh yeah, no more abortions. Everyone should have their babies. Oh yeah, no one should go out and kill anyone. Oh yeah, you know, it's not get the world is moving in the opposite direction. Things are getting normalized and legalized every day that, you know, to a Christian might sound horrible to our ears. And it's like how do we live? How really do we live pure lives? How do we um, keep ourselves pure? And you're thinking it's impossible. Oh my, this is it's not possible. It can't even, it can't be done. But actually, no, it's not impossible. You know what's even funny? You know the irony? It's not even hard, you see. But why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we, can, can I ask someone, like, can I point to someone and be like, okay, are you holy? They, they probably tell me, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit takes the grace of God. You know, we all have grace. We all sin every day. Oh, sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but you can you actually can we all can live holy lives you see because Psalm 119 verses 9 to 16 and Romans 12 which are two key scriptures for today detail I mean like in-depth detail the process by which a person can live a holy life and if you go over there and you read it if you have the Holy Spirit in you you will realize that it's not even hard because it tells you what to do. You just have to go and do it. And that's what this is what this is about. Romans 12 in particular is what I like to call a roadmap for holiness. It's, it's such a, it's like just plug this in your GPS and it will get you to the destination, which is holiness. So, you know, verses one and two and verses nine to 21 contain an intimate step-by-step guide on how to live pure in a polluted world. The entire thing, if you read it, I'm telling you, it's self-explanatory. Just read it over and over, and not just memorize it, but every day try to handle the situations you're faced with along these instructions, along these lines. And the reward, you know, for being holy is just mind-blowing and musical. I'm just going to let you be called a child of God, and all the benefits of being called a child of God, and all the promises that are, that are in Scripture, just amazing. You will be pure, purified, and acceptable before the throne of the Most High. I mean, there's, there's the benefits to being holy are endless. You might even skip death. I mean, Enoch skipped death because he walked blameless before God. 
I mean, if we can get to that level, some of us might skip death. God will just take us. Because, I mean, if he can do it for Enoch, then he can do it for you. If he can wind back, you know, and add 15 years to, to, to Hezekiah's life, then I see no reason why. If we live holy lives, the benefits, anything is possible, really. Anything is possible. If you live a holy life. So, let's get into this. How can a young person keep their way here? Simple. Psalm 119 says, literally gives you the answer by guarding your heart according to God's word it says with my whole heart I seek you let me not wander from your commandments I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you with my lips I declare all rules of your mouth I will meditate on your precepts I'll fix my eyes on your ways I will delight in your statutes I will not forget your word I mean this is literally so self-explanatory and then Romans 12, just, you know, just that's the Old Testament, which is written, you know, more directly. And Romans 12, Paul is here saying, I appeal to you, I beseech you. It's like a plea, please, I beg you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And this, present your bodies, is directly just talking about, you know, abstaining from sexual immorality. And it's about more than that, because presenting your body as a, as a living sacrifice means that you are giving your body, your flesh, up and saying, you know what, this is a vessel for God to do whatever He wants on the surface of the earth. And that's worship. It says it is your spiritual worship. It is acceptable to God. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the new. This is, this is a scripture that we all know. I'm not even going to get into this because I'm sure we've read this over and over. And if you want to know more about that, if you just go on the blog and you just search and you just search that scripture, the blog post on it will come up. You know, we've done a whole series just explaining that scripture and explaining what it means to present your body a living sacrifice. And, um, and I think that post is called the spiritual service of worship. So you can read up on that. What I'm going to focus on is verses 9 to 21. It says, let your love be genuine. How many of us actually have genuine love I mean it's so easy to be friends with someone on Twitter but do we genuinely love that person are we you know finding out about them are we calling them up to say hi how are you happy new year or you know what's going on with you like I haven't been seeing you around you don't tweet much anymore what's going on you know are we are we genuinely concerned about the welfare of others but that's just that you know, this is 2017. We need to we need to have genuine love. We need to we need to approach people with genuine love in our hearts, and we can only do that if we fill our hearts with God's word because God is love. And so that's that's easy. This this stuff is straightforward, really. If you just read through it, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient. In it just tells you step. It's so detailed. The instructions, step by step, what to do to be holy. Bless those who persecute you. Do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. And I was listening, just backtracking a bit to weep with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. I mean, you see somebody who's suffering and they're really torn up about, about something. Okay, so for example, someone's dad is sick, but your father is, is not even alive. And you say to them, oh, it's just a little bit of sickness. You shouldn't even be sad. You're not like some people who don't even have parents at all. Or, you know, that's so, that's no empathy whatsoever. Weep with those who weep. 
her dad isn't feeling well empathize with her even though your father may be dead or something you're thinking in your head look at this foolish girl she doesn't even know how lucky she is that her father is alive don't say that even if even if that's what you're thinking and you know what, even if you're right don't say that in that point in time just mourn with her there's no need to tell a wife in, in the hospital who is screaming over her husband being sick that she should shut up because she's making noise and disturbing the other patients how how do you tell her she of course you're right because she is doing that but you can't just say that to her her husband is sick mourn with her weep with her you know there are better ways to calm her down than telling her to shut up be empathic and that's the problem with christians we think because we're right we should just say you know well yeah we're right so what you that what you going to do about it <laughs> so so mean really okay so so that it goes on it says don't be wise in your own sight repay no one evil for evil um if in so far as it depends on you live, live peaceably with all and to the contrary if your enemy is hungry feed him you know by doing this you keep burning holes in his head and we like that but we like those bits do not be overcome by evil but be over but overcome evil with good so that those scriptures contain the path to purity the path of purity the path of holiness so you know pick up your cross carry it bear, bear it with you always that's that's literally it if you just follow every single thing in those scriptures that's that's it literally just walk by scripture rules doubt your own wisdom and strength depend on god that is the path of sincere holiness that leads to purity god's word is treasure it's it's amazing it's treasure worth laying up and the safest place to keep this treasure is not on your skin. You don't need to get a tattoo to prove that you've been in your Bible. Just keep it in your heart. And what's in your heart will eventually show because out of the abundance of one's heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart will eventually show. We'll see. We'll know you've been in your Bible by the way you behave. We'll know you've been in your Bible, not because you memorize it and you can recite it out loud, but because you do what it says. I love that tweet. You know, it says, read your Bible 2017, and someone came on top of it and said, do what it says 2017. This is a 2017. This is a year where we do what the Bible says. Okay? So, don't just store up God's word in your heart as well. You don't only have to keep it in your heart. You can declare it. You can meditate upon it. You can fix your eyes upon it. It's good to, to keep scripture, you know, in a, in, in, on the wall. What's the first thing you wake up to in the morning? Keep scripture right there. So that's the first thing you see when you wake up. It prompts you to read your Bible. Decorate your room with scripture. I, I don't think I've met, um, well, I've been in any Christian rooms or, or one of, most of my Christian friends the, that I've been in their rooms, especially the girls. There's scripture all over the room. They draw stuff, they design. And some of them are really creative in that way that they can... <laughs> I have a friend who has butterflies and all over her room. She's got, she drew this thing of um, Jesus saving her, so where she's lying on the floor and Jesus is standing over her. And you can get creative. If you can't be creative, then by all means go online and spend some money buying, you know, creative art that's content that you know that's got scripture on it that you can hang in your room and hang on the walls. Get get some blue tack. Just um, copy scripture print it out on the printer and just tack it to your you don't even have to you don't have to be creative just do it so that you can fix your eyes literally so when you wake up in the morning it's the first thing you see okay so just fix your eyes on scripture that's it it's not it's not that's the thing it's not hard just follow and literally simple instructions just follow follow to holiness it's literally a path 
you stay on this path, your destination is holiness. Okay? So delight. And you know, Psalms says, delight in God's word. To delight in something means to happily and cheerfully obey. Okay? So it's not grudgingly like, oh, oh, we have to go to Bible study again today. Why? Why? Cheerfully do it. Okay? If you're thinking something in your head, put that thought away and say, you know what? I'm not going to be grudging over this. I'm not going to be grudging. I should be happy. I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Exactly. Every time you are coming in contact with God, with his word, with you know anything having to do with him, with obeying his instructions, you should be happy. You should be cheerfully doing. You should be delightful like a child who would be happy going to get ice cream, even if it was in the middle of winter. Those kids will jump out of bed and grab their winter jackets and pull you if it's something that they want. So obedience leads to remembrance okay obedience leads to remembrance the more you obey god the less you'll forget his ways it's that simple the more you practice something every day the easier it is to remember the more you practice driving the better you get at it by continuously practicing god's word practicing god's word you're making an investment into your future so you won't have to struggle to live holy because it will just be a habit and that's why we should start young so that when we are in our 30s and we're actually dealing with the issues of life, we will be used to dealing with them using scriptural rules. We won't have to, you know, defer back to our worldly ways when we encounter issues and problems of life. If we start young, if we start 19, 18, 17, we start young 15, 14, it doesn't mean start nine. If, Catch them at two, catch them at nine months, catch them while the, you know, while they're coming right out of the, <laughs> the mother's womb. Catch them, just catch them with scripture, you know, and just get them to practice it, get them to obey, get them to do it. The earlier we start, you know, the easier it gets. The earlier we start practicing, the easier it gets. We're making investment to our future, okay? Fish don't struggle to swim. They're born swimming. They, like, do you get what I mean? Fish aren't struggling. They're, they're struggling to do what it just naturally comes to them. They don't drown in water. <laughs> okay? And Michael Phelps doesn't drown in water either because he's practiced how to swim. So the more we practice, okay, the better it gets. It's, fish don't drown in water because it's their natural habitat. And that's where that word habit comes from. So the more we do something, the more it becomes a habit. Okay? Make the word of God your natural habitat and you will live a life of holiness. Obedience, that's the key to holiness. It's not prayer and fasting and binding and loosing, casting, reading scripture, it only KJV, oh, the violence, take this by forces, whatever. It, that's not, no, those things are useful, okay? And some are even good. Some are good. But if there is one key to holiness, I can tell you it is simply to obey God's instruction. Jesus said what? I do the will of my Father. That's it. I do the will of my Father. That's what made him holy. Just do. And do God's instruction, which is found where? In God's word. Which is where? If you're a Christian, believe that is the Bible. Don't ask me which Bible. The 66 books of the Bible. Don't read the Apocrypha or anything else. Just read your Bible. Meditate on what it says. Ask for wisdom to apply and understand it. But don't just stop there. Do what it says. 2017 is a year where you do what the Bible says. That is the path to holiness. Do what scripture says okay and Romans 12 let Romans 12 be your guide read 
through Romans 12. Read Psalm 119, verse 9 to 16. Those scriptures are there to guide you, to make sure that you stay on the path of purity. Obedience is the key to holiness. So let 2017 for us be a year where we do what scripture says. Do what the Bible says. Obedience is the key to holiness. Thank you.